0: I think I just saw Will being afraid of so many different things. And he's like such a special boy. I just love his heart. But there was just so many things getting in the way of his joy. And I just wanted, I wanted more for him and to be able to feel like he had more control.
1: Welcome to the Sensory Wise Solutions Podcast for Parents where parents can get real, actionable strategies to support kids with sensory processing disorder. I'm Laura, OT and mom to Liliana, a sensory-sensitive kid who inherited my anxiety and my love for all things Disney. Consider me your new OT mom bestie. I know my stuff, but I also know what it's really like in the trenches of parenting a child with sensory processing disorder. Okay, mom, enough about me. Let's start the podcast. Hello everyone! This week I am so excited to bring on a special guest for you. Her name is Carrie and she's a mom to a sensory sensitive kid and she was in my winter cohort for Sensory Wise Solutions last year and her and her son's story is so inspiring so I just wanted to let the world hear it firsthand. But some notes for you and in full transparency this week is where I will be opening up enrollment for my Sensory Wise Solutions cohort. So yes, I'm hopeful that Carrie's testimony helps you visualize the possibilities and the potential wins that you can have as a result of joining the next cohort. But even if you don't think this is for you or you can't join right now, I still think that you'll walk away from this episode feeling hopeful after hearing Carrie, Steve, and Will's story. So a huge, huge shout out to them, both mom and dad, for putting in the work and for taking a chance on the program. And really thank you to Carrie for taking the time to come on the podcast and share her story with us. Another full transparency for you. She was a full paying customer. I did not give her this cohort for free. I did not trade her any incentives or compensation for doing this interview. She just kept sending me her wins via email and on Instagram. And I was like, the world has to hear your inspiring story. And she graciously agreed. So This episode is fully unscripted and of her own will, pun intended, because speaking of will, that is the name of her beautiful son, and she shares some wonderful nuggets and gems that she got from this program, but at the very end, she shares a pivotal moment that gave me chills and made her a little teary-eyed just thinking about it, because at the end of the day, this is all for our kids, and we just want them to be confident, in their body and who they are. So thank you again. Thank you, Will, for giving your mom and I and your dad and I the permission to share your amazing story with everybody. So one last thing before we jump in in the interview, you're you're going to hear Carrie reference something called a meltdown class that her and her husband watched that convinced her to join the program. What she's referring to is my free masterclass that I host a few times a year as a lead up to opening the doors to Sensory Wise Solutions. So when she joined, it was called the Meltdown, the Sensory Meltdown Masterclass. Now it's called the Parenting Your Sensory Sensitive Child Masterclass, but it includes the same information that she watched and it's still free and it is happening. This Saturday, January 21st at noon Pacific Standard Time. So the link to register for that is in the show notes, or you can head to the otbutterfly.com masterclass, and you will get a recording for up to a week to watch it after the class happens. So head to the link in the show notes or that URL to register for your free spot. And then doors are going to open for the new winter cohort for sensory-wise solutions on January 21st through January 27th and then the doors close. So if you're wondering what that is, the Sensory Wise Solutions cohort is a hybrid between a course like a pre-recorded course and a live group coaching program. So you will get access to me and OT your new BFF for 16 weeks. So via a private community which is not on Facebook, it's a whole separate thing. You don't have to have Facebook. And through five group coaching calls throughout the span of 16 weeks. But the course itself, the active learning and the homework and things like that, and the content you get will be pre-recorded and you'll finish that in 10 weeks. So technically it's a 10-week program, but you get access to me for 16 weeks so that I can help you troubleshoot after you take the course. The best part is that you get continued access to the pre-recorded course videos beyond the 16 weeks, so really for a lifetime, at least until I plan on, host, on continue hosting the program. So you can go back and watch the videos and lessons whenever you need to as a refresher to review, and you'll get to hear how Carrie uses that option still, um, even after she's graduated the program. So this particular program is specifically for parents who need help supporting their child through sensory sensitivities related to sound, hygiene sensitivities, like if they have a hard time with bath, washing their hair, cutting their nails, cutting their hair, brushing their teeth. Um, if they have any food sensitivities, like they're a selective eater, if they have texture sensitivities, if they have sensitivities to clothing, um, all of that is for you. And you can learn more about the program and join um, at theotbutterfly.com swswinter. And that page will be live between January 21st and January 27th. All right, let's get into it. Hello, Carrie. Hi, it's so good to see you. It's good to see you again. This is the first time we've seen each other virtually after our big cohort like graduation call, which was around like around a year ago. Well, was it a year ago? Maybe less than a year ago because you started in the winter yes. and then graduated like around like spring, right before yeah. summer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to see you, but I have heard from you so many times. You are always so sweet to update me. And I truly look forward to those emails. Um, I hear people email me and they're like, sorry to bother you. Just wanted to update you. I was like, bother me. I love hearing from old clients and previous families I've worked from. And I just have been so in awe of how much work and progress you all continue to do that. I'm excited to share your story today. So thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. I can't think of a better way to give back my time and just share uh, what happened with our family. Um, You've become like a a friend and a sister and a coach. And
1: I just am so grateful. I love that. Oh, that makes me feel so warm and tingly inside, just like Olaf. (laughs) Okay. So Carrie, so for people who are listening right now, if you want to know what this, why I'm interviewing Carrie, full transparency, Carrie was Um, a member, a previous um, uh, student of mine, so to speak, her and her husband in my program called Sensory Wise Solutions. And it's a live group program where I coach parents for 16 weeks um, alongside uh, pre-recorded videos to help them with kids who have sensory sensitivities at home And so Carrie kept sharing her amazing wins and stories with me, like even beyond the graduation of the cohort that I just was so impressed by it. And I kept sharing her testimony, like screenshots and saying like, oh, look, look what they have accomplished. But it just, the full story um, feels more impactful when you hear it from start to finish and when you get to hear it from them, from Carrie herself. So I've invited Carrie here to share that with us. Um, so let's just start from the beginning, Carrie. if you want to tell us all um, about what what you feel comfortable about telling us from your family, where you're from, and sort of the before story, and we'll start there. So I'm
0: a mom of two kids, and I live in the Twin Cities with my husband and family. So about a year ago, we started noticing that There was maybe more going on um, with my five-year-old son, Will. Uh, His preschool uh, mentioned that he was complaining of um, his itchy clothes. Uh, The meltdowns were becoming more and more. And they weren't just these 20-minute meltdowns. It was lasting an hour to two hours multiple times a day. And we just did not know what was going on and why this was happening.
1: It was really tough. Yeah. Those, those uh, differentiating those meltdowns between like what is like a typical tantrum and a meltdown was one of, is a, a lot of families' turning points where like there's something more here than just, you know, a fussy or a picky or a sensitive, just like a regular sensitive kid. So, so clothing was um, an issue. I resonate with that a lot. So it's interesting that you say that the school was already noticing things as well, because for a lot of families, mine included, sometimes the school or other caregivers don't notice anything. And it first um, comes up at home. So were they noticing the clothing sensitivities at school or was it more like the like emotional meltdowns and stuff? Um, I think it was more of the
0: clothing sensitivities. He was going to an outdoor preschool, which in Minnesota is really intense uh, in yeah. January where you have sub zero weather. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, we were putting on all the lotion to deal with the dry skin and it just, it just wasn't helping. Um, so he just was not able to manage one um, yeah. wearing those winter clothes. Um, but then, you know, we'd have other times where he could wear them when he was doing something really fun and he wasn't so stressed and it was fine. So I'm like, is it really the clothes
1: or what is like something else is going on here? Yeah. And that's the part where it feels like it doesn't make sense when I talk to parents and they're like, well, in this environment, they can. But in that environment, they can't. Like, what is it? And that's that's really the magic of what it means to be regulated in certain environments and how different environments can dysregulate you and make things your sensory systems react differently in different environments. Um, I want to hear about at home. What kinds of things were you seeing at home, if any? Like at that point, when the preschool brought it up to you, had you not noticed anything, or maybe they mentioned it and it sort of starts started to make things fall into place or were you noticing anything like with bath time or other sensitivities around clothes at home? So I didn't, hadn't really, hadn't really connected all the dots that this
0: was all sensory. Um, But looking back, we've always had a hard time washing his hair and it was the water dripping down his face. It was tipping his head back. He didn't like it was um, me scrubbing his scalp, um, all of that was um, always led to a big meltdown um, yeah. to the point where we were like avoiding baths. And then he got, you know, like a dirty scalp and, and it makes um, it even
1: more hard yeah. to wash. Right. Cause you have to scrub harder and scrape those little that stuff off of their scalp. I think that's so, uh, I-, I love hearing those, those stories from parents where it's like big picture. We were having a hard time with bath time. But of course, if you're not an OT or speak to an OT, sensory isn't even part of your everyday vocabulary, let alone how to break down all of the sensory components. And bath time, I mean, sensory is everywhere, but bath time truly has so many sensory components. So sometimes I'll ask parents like, what is it about bath that they don't like? And it's hard to pull that out unless you're guided in that direction. But now, now you know that you you specifically listed like water dripping down his face, hair tipping back. And like that, scrubbing of the scalp; those are all very specific sensory experiences. Um, but but finding, uh, being able to piece that together, what was that f- like for you when you when you found out like what sensory is and like looking into that and putting all of like connecting all the dots as you said, what did that feel like for for you?
0: Well, I had tried, you know, doctor Google, which was really frustrating. It did not work. My husband was like looking up other stuff, and we were coming to opposing decisions on how to navigate um, all of these sensory experiences that Will was having, and so that was really hard, but I think as I learned more about, as we learned more about what a meltdown is caused by and all the sensory components, it was like, oh... This is what is going on. It was like a relief that it wasn't you know our fault or yeah. you know something that we did wrong. It was like this is like how his brain is wired
1: and we need to like
0: tackle yeah. this in a different way.
1: I'm so curious. do you even remember those early days of googling, um, like what those opposing like viewpoints were like what you remember seeing? What, I mean it is it like
0: taking a break from the situation like I'd known about you know deep breathing but yeah um yeah you know taking away a privilege if you don't get yeah. ready for bed after your bath you know it's just like things like that that just,
1: Like behavioral approaches to just like get them to comply and get through the bath, right? Or
0: or even on a positive, like let's do rewards. Like you can have an extra book if you get ready and take your bath and brush your teeth.
1: Um, Did you and your husband ever try those things and then realize it didn't work? Or like right away were you like, did you just kind of have this gut? Like, I don't think that that's the right way. Like what what was your trial and error like?
0: Yeah, we tried it, and it was just like a big blow up. And I could just feel inside that, like, this is not like how I want to be as a parent, and I don't feel good inside. Um, yeah, it this way, you know what's um when we found your um your cohort, we started calling it Best Mommy and Daddy School to Will. Oh, I love <laughs> that.
1: Oh, that makes me so happy.
0: And he would give us trouble at night, you know, going to bed. But when it was those coaching nights, he just got straight into bed and he's like, you go take your class. And we didn't have to do any of the check ins or any of like the regular stuff because he just felt like what we were doing before was not good. And that this way he like I think he gave him some hope that things were going to get better.
1: That is so beautiful. He was like, he, he was like proud of you guys for spending all that and probably like a big thank you because I'm sure at some point he knew that you're doing this, you know, to to better support him. Yeah. And he, he
0: knows that I'm sharing his story today. I, I sought his permission and he um, just really wants people to know about, you know, what can help some
1: of these sensory things um, to make a big change. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, Will. If you're listen if you, if you listen to this, thank you. I love seeing your story, and I know I shared I shared a reel of him the last uh, um, a few months ago about his big win, and I would love for you to share that whole story, actually the progression of that. So it, I'll link the reel in the show notes if anyone wants to see it. Um, but it's the reel is of Will jumping into the lake, which is. If you're a sensory parent, you can already kind of understand the like the uh, the, what a big deal that is. But if you, we just kind of started, Carrie just shared a little bit about bath time being hard for him, right? And I even have on that intake form. So when you join the cohort, I give everybody an intake form to kind of assess where their current situation is at, wanting to understand how I can best support them, and. She and Carrie, you put specifically that um, that it was really hard for him to wash his hair, like would cry with a drop of water on his face. So, if you want to start there, from that's where you were before the program to all of the updates you led me to that led up to that video, including all of the swim lessons, can you share that progression with us? Yeah, I would. I would love to share
0: um, that story. So, in Minnesota, um, swimming in a lake is a really big part of our culture, um, both here in the cities um, up at a, my parents' cabin. Uh, it's something that's um, is really um, it's what everybody does. And Will could not participate um, in that activity. And so we were starting off in the bathtub um, and having trouble with just um, bath time. And so our, our big end goal was being able to jump in that lake. And so we started off, um, I through all the components of the sensory wise solutions in order to do it. So uh, every night we would get out a bowl of water and dip our cheeks in it and our noses and our fingers. Um, I bought a hyacinth flower that we would take breaks and smell it and I made a smoothie. Um, I blew some bubbles um, you, to help you that. were
1: really putting together all of the just right challenge which is that boat that yep. bowl part and then using the sensory toolbox that you built from the program that you like did sensory detectives I remember you sh- actually you're saying those flowers I remember you sharing that picture in the community and was like oh so, like the smoothie and the flower one I remember that specific photo Um, so you were really in this space where you were integrating both the actual like I say like exposure in quotes it's not a forced exposure it's not making him cry and like dunking his head in the water it is truly a just right challenge where you're working together but you were also supporting him with the sensory tools right yeah and
0: he felt he we did it as long as he was happy doing it and I did it too so I had my bowl of water and I think I might have a little sensory stuff too like I don't really like getting my eyes underwater that much so good like (laughs) some empathy for how hard that was for him yeah so we we started swim lessons in the middle of the program and I think if I hadn't known about um, sensory strategies I don't think it would have gone very well um We had our first swim lesson, and he had a meltdown in the changing room afterwards. He was fine. He was okay in the lesson, but um, the afterwards was the really tough part. And so I gathered all my tools for the next swim lessons. I brought uh, bubbles. Uh, I made sure we got there in enough time so that the locker room was quiet and not super loud. Um, I brought a smoothie And we just had fun right after the swim lesson. And it really just uh, helped him
1: uh, self-regulate. Yeah, I remember talking about that with you at the group coaching call, I think, or in the community. But I remember specifically you were talking about the changing table. And this is a really common one, not changing table, changing room. This is a really common one I've heard a lot of parents struggle with, with just because the indoor swim arenas, that super strong smell, very echoey, loud. There's typically a lot of crying from other people as well. There's just a lot going on in those spaces. And then when there's already kind of this heightened anticipation and anxiety of going into the water and you're met with that kind of stressful environment, you have a lot working against your nervous system. So you used your tools and you're able to bring. you really prepped his nervous system is what you did. You were like emptying his cup as much as possible, knowing that he would go there and it would be full right away. Um, so you got him prepped and ready for the, for the swim. And then how did like the rest of like swim lessons go in terms of his progression for getting like all the sensory stuff, his face wet, getting underwater. How did that pro- progress look like? Um, he really made a lot of progress. He was able
0: to, I think all our practice at home with the bull, um, helped him just acclimate to getting his eyes wet. He did it with owl goggles. So, wow. Yeah. So he was able to eventually get his face in the water for longer and longer periods of time. And now we don't really have a lot of
1: issues, um, around swimming or getting his eyes wet. And was that translating at the same time at the, um, at home bath time was becoming easier as he was progressing in swim? Did you find that as well?
0: Yeah. Um, he still, we still needed to work on, um, having some of our tools, like bringing the mirror into the bathroom and then just being silly with yeah. bath time and just taking our time to make those wacky hairdos and play with, um, yeah. kind of just make it more playful.
1: Yeah. And that piece of being playful during their most reluctant moods, I would say, is key. But also I want to acknowledge for some parents, if you're like me, like sometimes I'm truly I'm not always in the mood to be playful. And I go through this internal battle. I don't know if, if you're the same or if you are have an easier time pl- being playful. But there are some days where I'm like, I don't I really don't want to do this whole song and dance circus act to entertain my child, but I have this like, like options. I could spend my energy doing that. And the extra time it takes to like come up with a silly story and act like a certain animal while I'm washing her hair, or I could spend the energy having a power struggle with my five-year-old over (laughs) why we need to do this, keep repeating myself because I said, so building up all of that internal stress, either way, there's some energy output. And if I can I would love to just do the playful one, but anyone who's listening, if you kind of are like me, where you're like, why do I always have to play just to get them through it? I know it's doesn't feel easy, but the, the science behind it is that when you're playful, you're in just, you're in a more relaxed and regulated state, which makes the sensory components of whatever you're doing feel a little bit more tolerable and less stressful. So good for you for being able to do playful times with bath. So after you were able to make that progress in bath time and swim, then you were able to participate for your first summer after the program at the at the lake. What was that like?
0: Yeah, we got out there on the boat and he had mentioned that he really wanted to try um jumping in the lake. And so um he you know, stood on the edge of that pontoon boat and Just jumped in and I've never seen a bigger smile um, on his face. He was just so proud. And we talked about it and we talked about all the things he had done in order to get to that point. And he just it was like a, a such a gift to be able to do that.
1: That must have been a big highlight like milestone moment for you for your whole family because as you said this is part of your it's a big part of your lifestyle yeah we
0: got to all be together and he got to keep up with his uh, six-year-old cousin for the first time and not just you know sit there and watch um, him swim so
1: he got to be a part of yeah part of the the day And you also were mentioning at some point in some of your emails, you were talking about um, some food stuff that you guys were working on. Can you share some of that and what that was like before the program and what you ended up working on? Yeah. So, you know, as a kid, I was a really
0: picky eater. So I was just really determined that that wasn't going to be in my family. So as a baby, like I Exposed him to all, to everything, just thinking that, yes, this is the answer. Um, But all of a sudden, one day when he was about 18 months, something flipped and he liked nothing except for crackers and yogurt.
1: So when you, did you focus on food while you were in the program or were you just mostly focusing on the, like the bath time and water stuff?
0: We we did some we've done some food. Um, I did before the course. I did know better than to try to force him to eat yeah. food, um, yeah. but I didn't know how you get someone to try something yeah. new without a meltdown. Um, yeah. So um, we like one one of the foods we worked on was green beans, and so he um he was at a stage where he could have anything on his plate. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as he knew that you weren't going to force him to eat it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but if I took that off the table, he would allow that. And then, um, we started playing with food. So like with the beans, we made kind of a log cabin and did silly faces with the beans, um, mm-hmm. And I invited him to kiss it, which he did. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, he'd taken a bite. And
1: I had never seen him do that with a vegetable. Um, I love how you said you invited him to kiss it. Like you weren't saying, kiss it, do this, put your lips on it. But th- this really is just like we hear parents, we hear all the time, we do like an invitation to play. This is an invitation to explore and play with your food with no agenda of you needing to try it or lick it or anything. But if it's part of the game or I'm kissing it goodnight and tucking it in his little log cabin and it's just part of it, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, I I don't think we could have gotten to that part without kind of knowing all those pieces um, yeah, he's I- since added a number of vegetables to his list that he's willing to eat. He doesn't get that anxiety anymore when I make something new that, you know, that this is something he has to have or he knows that there's always going to be something on his plate
1: that he likes. That's a huge piece to it. And something that is really important when I coach parents about kids who are picky eaters is that my number one goal for you and your family is not to add X, Y, Z vegetables and proteins and whatever. That's not my number one goal. My number one goal is to help you help your child have a healthy relationship with food and healthy relationship means being able to be regulated when there's new food on the table and not panic and not severely limit certain favorite foods and not blacklist certain foods, just have this positive, like safe, confident relationship at the dinner table or lunch table or, or breakfast table. So, um, I'm glad that you noticed that and you've been able to work on it in a way that feels good for both of you. So that's amazing. Um, what I want to do is I want to share. So I mentioned this earlier. I, uh, when you join the program, the first thing you get is an intake form. And I ask you like survey questions. And then when you leave, I also ask the same questions as some sort of unofficial, but objective measurement of, uh, progress that you've made in the program. Are you comfortable if I if I call some of those things out and read those out? Yeah, please do. It's okay, so fun awesome. to see the change. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, the intake form um so this oh gosh, I wish I had the date on it, but this was winter 2022. So sometime in January or possibly February we signed up right at the last it was like the last day (laughs) on the the last day yeah yeah Yeah. that happens a lot people think about it all week um okay so at that time Will was four and a half and so I have this list of one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve um sort of like daily task items that I say select any of the following that um of the following sensitivities that apply to your children so out of the 12 of them you selected one two three four five six seven eight nine ten ten of them yeah so so you were so and all of these things I list out are things that I talk about in the program so but you selected food loud sounds clothes water, like bath, washing hair, brushing hair, nail clipping, brushing teeth, washing hair. I said that hair cutting and meltdowns, which is, um, kind of attached to all of those. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I also asked what's your status with OT and you put that you were still monitoring things before seeking OT. So at that time you had not started OT in person, right? Yeah did you ever seek OT?
0: You know, I got a referral and then while I was waiting to like figure out where to go, it's just like things
1: clicked into place and I don't
0: feel like I need it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, And then I asked this question, how confident are you in supporting your child's sensory needs on a scale of one to five? So five is extremely confident. One is not confident at all. Do you remember what you put? (sighs) It was not good. <laughs> it was a two. So you put yeah. that you were a two. And yeah. this was specific to sensory needs. It's not like how good of a parent do you think you are. It's yeah. how confident are you that you can support your child's sensory needs? So you put a two out of five. So five would be extremely confident. Um, two is towards the less confident side. And then I also asked how much does your child's sensory needs and challenges impact your daily life? Again, I'm very mindful of the language where it's not like, how much is this like bothering you, irritate? It's just how much does it impact your daily life? It's an important thing to know. And what, how most OTs gauge how much, uh, how much support you might need, right? How much it impacts you. So one would be does not impact at all. Five is a huge impact on our daily quality of life. And you put a four, so pretty, so less confident, but definitely a strong impact on your daily life, which yeah. really is why you joined the program, right? Um, I also asked how many meltdowns does your child have on an average week? And you put, um, so the choices were one or less, two to four, five to seven, or seven plus. And you put five to seven. Yeah. So probably. And I could see that with it impacting with clothes, food, and bath time, which all of those things happen several times a week. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So before I move on to the rest of it, so I want to then jump to the exit survey. So, um, at the end of it, so when I asked you, how confident are you in supporting your child sensory needs? This was around May. So after the 16 week program, so 16 weeks, um, your confidence out of a one to five moved up to a four. So you felt you went from a two to a four in your confidence in supporting your child sensory needs. And, How much does your child's sensory needs and challenges impact your daily life? Move down to a one, which was the lowest, probably because you've all found your sensory tools, which is huge. You also did put that your meltdowns on an average week went down to one or less. And now this is where I preface anyone listening. It's really not one of my quote selling points or promotional points to say, I will help you decrease your child's meltdowns because that's something that is so I think just a part of being neurodivergent and I know we have good months and we have not so good months where we'll have way more meltdowns than others. And I know just meltdowns are kind of part of our lifestyle, but that's something that I will never promise or promote. However, I do hear a lot of families experience whether it's less meltdowns or less intense, less duration, some improvement with the idea of meltdowns. But I thought that that was very um, eye-opening to see that you actually experienced less meltdowns after the program, which is great. Yeah. And I think I have like a different
0: view of meltdowns too. I'm not so anxious about it when they happen and have a, a plan. I mean, there's times where, you know, I need to step out and take a break, mm-hmm. Um but um, I just have a better understanding of what's going on
1: and why. Yeah. And that, that, that is what one of my selling points is. That's <laughs> what I talked about in the master class where this program is for you. If you want to stop walking on eggshells, cause you're not afraid of the meltdowns anymore. Cause you know what they mean. You know what your child needs, you know, how to provide it. Doesn't mean that it's any less hard to tolerate, but in terms of your confidence and knowing like, okay, If he does have a meltdown, I know why. I know how to regulate him afterwards. I know a plan for next time. And that's really what I aim to get for parents to get out of the program. Um, So one piece that I do want to mention that you mentioned on your intake form um, was that there was, so So, one of the questions is, if you were on the fence of joining um, Sensory Wise Solutions, what was the deciding factor? Because I understand that um, that between time and actual financial investment, it's a lot to ask a family to join a program like this. I also know that parents who are considering it are really in a space where they need the help. So I'm curious for parents who maybe waited to the last minute I'm curious if there was a reason, if there was something where you were debating between um, and what really was it that made you say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And you wrote that um, it took a little bit for you to get your husband on board. Um, and then he watched the recording of the masterclass. And then he was like, let's do it. Let's sign up. And I really would love if you would elaborate on that dynamic between you and your partner, because I get this question a lot from other parents and I experienced to it in my marriage where- Typically, one is less on board with these um, supports, um, the gentle parenting strategies, understanding neurodiversity, that our kids aren't bad, that we don't need to you know, do certain approaches. Um, so I'm curious and would love to hear more of your story and that shift that you experienced uh, within your marriage and where you were kind of before where you kind of may have had different viewpoints on how to work with this.
0: Um, I remember well, I found you on Instagram. I was just taking a mindless break scrolling through my feed. And, I love
1: those scrolling breaks, those are the best.
0: And somehow your post um popped up, and I watched one of your reels. I can't remember which one it was now, but I was just like, oh my gosh, this is what I need. Um, and then I saw your your meltdown class and I watched it first and it just felt like this was the answer um and Steve and I were just so lost on what to do together i think having different ways of tackling um sensory stuff is just not good for kids and um my husband saw that and he bought he watched the meltdown class and he felt for the first time that someone was speaking to him that understood Will and what um, struggle we were going through with our parenting and that um, this could really help us be on the same page. And so we got done watching the master class and sometimes he's a little bit of a penny pincher, but he, (laughs) he just like really felt, like pretty much immediately that this would be worth trying. Um, yeah. We had um, been referred to a therapist and that that help was months out. It turned, it turned out not to be a good fit anyways. Um, and so having something that was so immediate and um, really seemed to speak to what Will was struggling with, um, was kind of what hooked um, my husband in. And now, when we have some new sensory things pop up with even our two year old, he said, Well, we know what to do now. Do we still have access to that platform? Let's go rewatch the, you know, um, yeah. co regulation strategies because our two year old is having a little bit of trouble. So yeah. he said, We
1: just know what to do now. Yeah. So it gave him really the, the, um a, a good way I, I pulled him in by showing him I know exactly what you're going through. Come follow me. And he felt <laughs> he felt confident to join. So I'm very grateful that that you guys did join in it and so happy that it ended up working out. I, I do want to ask though, if um, so people who, who don't know, the program is 16 weeks, but you get access to the course content for I say a lifetime for however long I run this program, which I hope is a very long time. I'm constantly adding like little bonuses and videos and things like that. But the core content will pretty much always remain the same because the, the concepts are always applicable. Um, are there any parts of the program that you either still use like like daily or we, like very consistently in your house? Or are there certain lessons or things that you find yourself going back to, like that your husband said to like rewatch or things that you like to go in for? Well, one of them is
0: some of the co-regulations strategies. I think, you know, the bubbles worked really great for a while and then they get tired of it. And so then yeah. I need to go back and find, yeah. you know, another um, strategy that I had forgotten about. Will was having a little bit of trouble in the bathtub again. And so I went and I rewatched that workshop about the bathtub and it just kind of put
1: me in a reset um, yeah, and reminds you of certain points. You're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about oh, that. Yeah,
0: let's get out that mirror again.
1: Yeah. I dragged it out. Um, we played in the bathtub
0: again last night. And um, yeah. so it's just like a really good reminder. It's like all in one place. I don't need to go searching for something. It's just really easy to
1: use. And I don't know if you found um a good sense of community. I know, I think you were the cohort where I was trialing different uh, forums. So it kind of was disjointed, but at least on the group coaching calls, I, even in silence, if people are not really, their mics aren't on, I love when someone's asking a question or venting or sharing something. And I just see head nods or like, if there's partners, like on one side of the screen, they're looking at each other and be like, yeah, we know that. Or like that just happened. Like it just, it's so validating in a way that I can't explain, just seeing people get it. Cause Without that in person, when I, I don't know about you, but I don't have anybody in my real life who who has the same experience that I do with my daughter. I've got a hundred thousand people on Instagram who follow me and I have hundreds of parents in these programs that I coach, but no one in my direct immediate life that gets it. So when I vent or talk about things to them, there's no head nodding. It's like, glazed eyes are like they feel uncomfortable and they're like wow that must be hard and they try their best but not that overwhelmed just like real connection with other people so those are one some of my favorite times in, in those group coaching calls
0: yeah we both felt that um Steve even said specifically that it was just really nice to be with parents that really got like how
1: hard and long those meltdowns can
0: be um,
1: yeah yeah, we need like a support group for supporting the meltdowns. It's a, it's 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 a hard it's a hard uh responsibility to have to co-regulate for for them with those really big emotions. So also on in the intake form there's this part where I ask you um what's your primary goal when working through this program. And I loved your answer because it wasn't specific to like I want to be able to take a bath without screaming, right? Which is a fair answer for some parents too. Totally get it. I want my neighbors not to call CPS on me from like the murderous screams that happen during bath time. Totally get that. But I love your answer because it's really one of the things that I, uh, like one of the main outcomes I would hope for most families. And your what you said your primary goal was to build our toolbox of regulation and build confidence in our son. I love that. Can you tell me where that came from or- or why that was your like at the front of your brain even before i had even like injected that into your life i think i just saw will
0: being afraid of so many different things and he's like such a special boy i just love his heart but there was just so many things getting in the way of his joy and i just wanted i wanted more for him and to be able to feel like he had more control yeah. Um, one, one thing I hadn't told you about um, that happened recently is he was wearing his mask because he was recovering from a cough at school. And I had put a lanyard on it so that he could um, pull it down if he needed to eat and then put it back up and it wouldn't, you know, be an issue. And he came home and he was just so agitated. It's like, what, is it your mask? That's bothering. He's like, no, that that lanyard is filling my sensory cup. Oh. Can I wear the mask Um, but not have the lanyard? It's tickling my neck. And it just gave him the words to be able to tell me, like, what he needed. Uh, I'm getting, like,
1: teary-eyed thinking about this. Oh, I have chills. I have chills on my, like, chills right now that he could pinpoint that, express it, ask what he needed from you. That is full circle. That is every, I feel like every parent's, at the end of the day, every parent's goal, especially a parent of a sensory kid. I just want my kid to be able to advocate and know their body well enough to tell me what they need.
0: So yeah, we were able to like fix that and he was so happy and I just like, that's the confidence and what I was looking for and he was regulated enough to be able to you know tell me that and so without all of the the heavy work the the breathing um just all of those things um help him be able to
1: say what he needs I love that and I also really loved how you phrased it earlier there's he's such a happy boy but there were things getting in the way of his joy I think that that piece is really hits home for a lot of families. And even hearing that, I, I, I feel that deeply because I would not describe my daughter as unhappy or moody or irritable, but there are times when there are things that get in the way of her being who she is because of her, I call it the worry bug, her anxiety about things and sensory is both, but it truly does, uh, it is a barrier to her full enjoyment of life which is the ultimate purpose of occupational therapy is to help individuals participate in their daily life so that it can feel meaningful and purposeful and have a sense of fulfillment and the things that are important to them. And for kids, it's play, it's spending the, the summer at the lake with your family, it's keeping up with your six-year-old cousin, it's sitting at the dinner table regulated, all of that. So so the, I love how the program talks about those specific tiny little like zoomed in pieces of life, but the bigger picture is building confidence. And with a just right challenge, which is what I teach parents and how to accommodate and build those sensory supports. That's how you build that internal uh, confidence that I can do I can do things that are new. It, I can feel how I feel, but I'm confident one in my body, two in knowing what I need. And I'm confident that my parent knows my body. So I know that we're speaking the same language and I know that they're going to support me. That was your primary goal when walking through the, working through this program. And I want to read to you, um, what you got out of it. So, um, so I put, so the question on the exit form was what progress have you noticed in yourself as the parent, as a result of the program? And you put, my husband and I are on the same page in responding to meltdowns. I feel less anxious when they happen, which has resulted in a calmer, happier household. And yep. then I also put, what progress have you noticed in your child as a result of this program? So you did mention the specifics. So we went from having a meltdown from water dripping down his face to being able to participate in swim lessons, um, jumps off the side of the pool, washing hair is going so much better. Um but you just said that the sensory tools that you learned are just very invaluable so that it just overall, and like you, the way you're still talking is as if you're still in the program, like it, it doesn't leave you. It's not like when you study for a test and you take that final. And then like the next day, I forget every single piece of information because you actually applied this stuff and use it often. Yeah. I think what I loved
0: about the program is it really provided a framework of understanding. And then I still see your Instagram posts. And it's like, I have a hook to hang those on. And it, you know, it just makes yeah. like, I just have a deeper understanding than what I had before I joined. Um, yeah, the cohort, but saw your,
1: your Instagram. So and I'm so glad that you joined the cohort. I'm so happy to continue hearing your story. I hope you keep sharing the updates with me because I feel so invested in Will's story. And now you have other people who are probably invested as well. Are you going to the lake this summer? Do you guys have plans? Oh, yes, we'll be up yeah. there.
0: Um, I'm already counting down the days. Yeah, it probably looks a little summer. different.
1: Probably looks a little different than summer out your window right now. Yeah, you know, I was born in
0: <laughs> California, so I'm a uh... That's right. in our hard, um, but family's here, and
1: um, summer will come sometime. Okay, well, I want to say thank you so much for spending the time. Thank you for um, sharing your story. Thank you. Please tell Will I said thank you. I wish I could give him a big hug. That <laughs> we're all rooting for him. I especially am so proud of him. His name is still up on the board. I have this board of everybody's name who I support in Sensory Wise cohort. And thank you for sharing your story. And I hope to keep hearing from you and you keep updating us. And I, I, I just love hearing from you.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having us on. And I'm sure there'll be many more updates as time goes on. So I thanks for being part me. of my inner circle and, and just part for of the village, right? Yeah. We're building our
1: village that never came. This is our village. Yeah. It's all online, but we've got it there. So anyway, thank you so much, Carrie. Yep, thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating it and leaving a review, which helps other parents find me as well. Want to learn more from me? I share tons more over on Instagram at the OT butterfly. See you next time.